0: Um, um,
1: to just, like, like can I see everybody? Wow. Okay. So,
0: first of all, thank you for everybody for coming. A million day. And this this, this uh, kind of like rebooted the Lunch and Learn. It's kind of funny. When it was Lunch and Learn, we never had lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and now we changed the title, thanks to Jenny. Um, and we kind of wanted to reboot at a time. Maybe, maybe we thought maybe it would be a little more convenient, a little more middle of the day. Um, and it's great to see everybody. Um, but the the goal here uh, for me always in this uh, slot is not for, I'm gonna say an idea I'll say an idea that's my job I'm a rabbi but I want as much as possible like I want to hear your ideas um, and I really want it to be a conversation as much as we want as we're comfortable no one should feel pressure but as much as we're comfortable like this is about questions it's about even arguing it's about like talking about what we think is going on. Um, And yes, I have ideas to present, but I really, I really want to hear uh, from you also to your at your comfort level. And, you know, like anything else, um, feedback is great to know how things, what are good, what's good, what works, what doesn't work. Um, And so let's just get going. We happen to be starting at like what might be, I don't know, in my mind, one of the most difficult, one of the most difficult stories in uh, maybe the whole Torah. Um, is the story of Yaakov and Esav, and specifically the story of the 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 brachos and the 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 kind of the discord inside the house. You know, Yitzchak and Rivka having favorites, uh, Yaakov and Esav. You know, uh, really, really kind of going at it with each other um, in a way that we can only imagine. If it gets to the point where Esav wants to kill Yaakov by the end, it probably didn't like. Probably didn't happen like all of a sudden, like right. We have enough enough of us have sibling rivalry in our homes, um, and maybe in our own families to know how intense that is. And to 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 watch the way these brothers, you know, uh, kind of have to work with each other is challenging. And the way that Yaakov acts, the way that Esav acts, the way that Rivka acts, the way that Yitzchak acts, the, everyone everyone takes a role here that perplexes us. I think certainly as we're reading a story about. The Avos and the imos were supposed to be our you know, forebears here. So, what I want to do today is kind of take a look at a specific part of the story, because we could really be here for all day and we won't be. Um, actually, I try to be very careful about time. We will end on time. Um, um, I want us to take a look specifically at the first part of the story, which is the story of Yaakov purchasing the Bachorah from Asa, which seems bizarre if you think about it. We're going to see you know, if we go, you know, what, flip for one second to all the way towards the end, you have Rabbi Rav I just want to show you one thing that Rav Hirsch mentions, um, which I think is really interesting. Um, on source, in source number seven, look at the bottom of that first paragraph, that first section, where he says, what is more, according to Baba Basra 16b, we're in source seven, it's on like the back page for you probably, uh, Yaakov and Asa from really 15 years old. Are you taking this? I am, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're only 15 years old. Uh, the Bechorah could have only been sold in boyish play. He says, "Right, what, what was this really?" I don't think that everyone agrees that they're only fifteen years old, but it's like this bizarre conversation that goes on. Which, if it, if it went on, you wouldn't find. you understand it, but there's recorded in the Torah in detail. So let's take a look at the story, and then let's see where uh, where it takes us. Uh, so the the passage says in source number one, "Vayigdul in and the, the translation is below also. by vayhi ish side So they they grow up. Esav becomes a A skillful hunter, a man of the field. Yaakov is a simple person. He sits in tents. He learns Torah, whatever he does exactly. And um, Yitzchak loves Esav. Why? Because he brings him food. That's what it sounds like. And Yitzchak loves Yaakov. We don't know why. She loves Yaakov. Yitzchak loves uh, Yitzchak loves Esau. Okay, and what happens? Vayaze Yaakov naze. Yaakov is making. He's sitting in the kitchen. He's making some type of dish. Vayavo Yisav min asadev huayef. When Yisav comes in, and he's tired. Vayomer Yisav el Yaakov halitani na min haadom haadom. can you halitani? Is a very strange word. We're gonna see halitani. That's a that's not. A, if you want to say give me something, what would you say? Tainly. Tainly. Yeah, ten, give me halitani <speaking in> is a very weird word. So we'll see uh, from that red. That red red stuff. Also a weird way to talk. because I'm so tired. And that's why, like parentheses, the Torah says, by the way, that's why they call him Edom, because he loved red stuff. Also weird. Also weird. Um Yaakov says, <laughs> yeah, no problem. You want some of the red stuff? Sell me your birthright. Also weird. Okay. I'm gonna die anyways. So what do I need the b'chor for? So Yaakov says, fine." Pinky swear, pinky swear. But he sells it. He gives him bread and he gives him. It. He makes him a nice meal. He eats and he drinks and he gets up and gets up and he leaves. And Esav, they translate it as spurns the birthright. He, he they make it a bizayo. He makes it like a, like as if it's a zero. He just like rejects the birthright. Fine. So, so I'll ask you questions, comments, thoughts, concerns about this story. Anything weird about it?
1: It's yeah. yes. like, <laughs> 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 like, How do we know it's weird? though think we're nitpicking here if we're going to call this weird. Like this mm-hmm. is by far not
0: the weird. This thing. is not weird. Okay. Like, I mean, last week. That's that, true. In a context. In
1: time.
0: context, it's not so weird. But that's also like, weird. But yeah, I hear you. Okay. Weird. Anything's about this story that bother you?
1: There's so many things, but it's very. I mean, I know this is a side note, but like, why was he? Why was um. Why was he cooking? Like, a yeah, man cooking. is cooking a... <laughs> <supermarket>? What? <laughs> a great question. Okay, hey, but this is wow. like... Wow. Okay. I'm just saying, it's weird that he's even cooking. They didn't have service. <laughs> no, I'm saying there's so many things. It's, a, it's a side yeah. point, but an
0: interesting point. And we're going we're gonna to see the chazal actually address Jenny's question. The chazal are so bothered. By a man making it? soup, that uh, Chazal addressed already. the question. Good, good, good. You got started, Jenny. What else? The point on like him saying that whatever I'm going to
1: die soon anyway was that he feel like there was something specific that
0: he was going to. Yeah, I'm going I'm to die. So he needs the bechorah? What does that mean? We want to die soon. Is he an old person? He was very, probably a young person. He's a very strong person. Right, what? I'm going to die anyway. So he's it's like very like morbid, like goth. I mean, Is he's wearing like black and black finger polish. You know, like, right. I'm going to die anyways. Is this so the like,
1: first time we hear the concept of Bechorah in, in the Torah? Like, um, how do they know what that was? What did it mean
0: to him? Ah, so what, what would Bechorah mean probably I mean? to them in those days? Anigdom?
1: Anigdom. To the Anigdom? Guess. Anigdom. Anigdom. Okay, so
0: maybe it means a financial inheritance. What else could it mean? <laughs>
1: See, so, yeah, as a kid, I you think they were Leon. always taught, like, the Bechorah, like, the, the Avod and the Besamegbash. But, like, thinking about it, how...
0: Yeah, Avod and Besamegbash, yeah. I mean, that's, they, a, that's, like, that's like ten steps removed, right? It probably means money. I mean, maybe it means money. Or, I don't know, what else could it mean? They could
1: have been essence. aware of what happened Leant. with Yitzchak and Yishmael. Yishmael.
0: I'm sure they were I'm so aware of it. And so probably is aware of it,
1: and Rivka's clearly aware of it. Was and it, so they're like, rather. well...
0: So in which case, if you know, that's maybe true... I need to
1: get rid of you. If they're
0: aware of the family dynamics... Um, in their family until now, which I'm, I'm sure they were, they, they definitely they, they grew up in this family. So then, what does bechor mean then to Yaakov in that case? In theory, the nation inheritance. Inheritance. What happened here? physical inheritance? Mm-hmm. Maybe it means maybe it means like I know that my father had. Like, they, they probably like went to bed with these stories. Like yeah. Hashem talked to Zaidi <laughs> and he told him we're going to be a biggest nation, and then one of us is going like. And and we know that like Zaidi had two kids and Abba was the one who got in the other ones like we don't talk to him, mm-hmm. right? We don't talk to that, that uncle, right? And then like and we're gonna and we're supposed to keep this going, right? Presumably they, they knew that right? this is not like they, they didn't keep a secret from them. Okay, so maybe it means some type of spiritual legacy. Okay, so what is it? What is the I'm gonna die?
1: Well, I mean, literally he's coming home a yef, right? He's he's coming home exhausted and famished, so. Like you could see someone sort of cavalierly saying, "Just give me the food. I'm gonna die. Right. I'm so hungry." Right. So maybe it's just a, like so,
0: exaggeration. Might, right. we learning. I'm dying. I'm dying, dying of hunger. I'm dying here.
1: He doesn't have time to. Cook
0: and why would the Torah? Wrong. And why would the Torah tell us that? A young, it just I'm dying here? Like well, that's his personality. Oh. That's that's and how. It, yeah. Right. That's his. The ace of is like this but dramatic.
1: But it also doesn't look good for Yaakov. That Yaakov says, "Okay, you're dying. Let me just take your birthday. Great right. job to swoop and in. Your legacy, right. Just gonna, like, oh. take advantage of right.
0: Great it. opportunity to swoop in and take advantage of you right. when you're like right. dying. Right. Yeah. Does want that responsibility of mm-hmm. a spiritual inheritance. Maybe he doesn't. Yeah. Byives. Byives. Esav is a very descriptive right but he he, he cast it aside he's like great i'm so glad i'm done with that like he just like removes it right he's not interested in it at all good so yeah so this has always
1: bothered me and i feel straight like from mary's is, israel and have like, a lot of better <laughs> well, questions welcome coming, back. Yeah. I know, yesterday, okay,
0: that's all okay. <laughs> <laughs> happy for some of us okay yeah um, so besides the
1: manipulation all that that bothers everyone but, like, how is a birthright something that you could sell? That's like, if you're firstborn, you're firstborn. Like, how Yeah, are, Who how says? Can you
0: just, it's not like a piece of paper. I'm signing away to you. Did he have a piece of paper? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, great question. What does that even mean? Does, does it mean anything? Does it mean anything? Right? And by the way, we know that it does mean something later because Yako Jaco- clearly Yitzhak Most and Rifka are like jockeying for this, like, who's going to get that bracha? Right? right. right? Then the,
1: why can't a parent just decide that if it's so arbitrary? Like you know, if you could just give it away. But it's like a parent saying, "I'm, I'm, I'm like getting said, rid of being, being. I don't do want, want, to want to be next in line. I'm so just right. walking away." Right. It's the same thing, I guess. Right. For those who are watching, <laughs> for those who
0: watch The Crown. Okay. Right? I, I know.
1: I so I spent the whole morning listening to this podcast. I
0: heard about it. I Heard cram. about it. Yeah. Someone told me. <laughs> and it was
1: all about. I was. I listened like three hours of this podcast about The Crown today. It was all about. the I won, and it was all about the favorite child, in the and, yeah. and and it was so interesting. It's wild, right? The queen says, "I can't believe Mrs. Thatcher said she has a favorite child." And then Prince Phillips, she said, "Who sa-? he said he's why is that weird?" She's like, "Who says they have a favorite?" And he goes, "Any honest parent." Ooh. And I was like, "Nice."
0: Okay, so yeah, so so, so, so clearly, but, but right, the question of whether that this this did this michir have any actual halakhic value? It was it valid at all? I don't know.
1: Can you halachal you sell your kid? Can you?
0: Sure, typically not. You can't like, you can't do There are ways, there are ways halakhically to deal with the bakhura issue. Right? It's a halachic will. Right. A lot, most people, most people don't want to give any of their kids double. So if you do a halachic will, right. there are ways to, to to circumvent that that rule actually. So there are people who have daughters and want them to get some of the money. Um, so there are ways to do that. But you, so you can, but you can't just say like, I decide where it goes. You can decide where it goes by, there's a whole different, different, kind, maybe different share, different time about how, how you do that. But, um, but you can't just say, I'm the parent. I decide who gets, the, who gets the double portion. That's not how it works. It doesn't work that way. Um, so yeah, so it's great. Good, good. So we have a lot of questions here. So what, what's ya- Yaakov with the, the Esav with the I'm gonna die? What's this, um, what is this, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> that uh, Yaakov swoops in and takes advantage of him? A lot, a lot of pieces here. It's
1: also good. weird that it's his favorite kid because he Meat for him. Like, that's
0: just crazy. Yeah, oh, good. So the favoritism. The favoritism so is, so is our, is our learn, favorite, everyone's like, I favorite I know, topic know, here, right? right. The, favoritism mm-hmm. the, the, bothered, right? Mm-hmm. the favoritism is the one that makes people the most probably bothered, right? That the ovos had favorites. But it's also for like why he had a favorite.
1: And then he admitted that Like, why that? And by the way, forget
0: that. Forget that. Yaakov, who's one of the favorites, he does the same thing.
1: yeah. does the same thing later. Has anyone written a book like Parenting According to the Torah, like, like, like every like, week yeah. in this year? <laughs> that's what we're talking
0: don't, about. Like don't the do, Jones don't do, yeah, don't do, yeah. Don't, yeah. don't do what the. And what I mean. I mean, yeah, no, it's hot. It's Are confusing. It's very confusing. Okay, good. So what I want to what I want to do is like this. What I want to do is like this. I want to show you three. We'll say three or four approaches to some of these questions, and I want to I want to zero in a little bit on Yitzhak uh, Asav's disinterest in the Bechorah. And why he was so uninterested in it. And the different approaches you see in some of the here, And what they mean for what this conversation maybe is really about. And maybe we'll fight about it a little bit. So take a look at Rashi. Rashi in source number two. And like I said, I'm going to explain everyone. I know some of this is going to be in Hebrew, but we're going to have some English. But if you look at Rashi, Rashi wants to explain. And Rashi tells us always, right, that Rashi is the simple... Simple explanation when he's never is. Rashi is always drush. Rashi is always bringing the medrash. He's always bringing some you know more kind of like um, deeper explanations, which are not the simple shot. So look, take a look at the second line in Rashi. For who I Why is Asaf so tired? Because of course he was murdering people. That, that's the simple shot. I'm so tired from all of my murder, right? That I'm here now, right? I'm so tired. Okay, so, so we see already where Rashi is going here. And Rashi is quoting, quoting Chazal, right, that, that, that Esav is this real dastardly personality, even though it's not so clear, if you read the Torah, that Esav was as, as horrible as sometimes he's made out to be. I mean, he wants to kill Yaakov, so that's bad. But, um, but take a look at I right, We said that word is a weird word, Halutani. Give me, Rashi says, I'm going to open my mouth and you will pour it into my mouth. That's what Halitani really actually means. And how do you how do you feed a a a, don, a camel by halith, The word is Halitani. It's the same word. All right? You like pour it into their mouth. So why is that? Why, but why is that an important description that he said that? What does it say about Esav? He's an
1: animal.
0: It, yeah, it's a sort of like this like kulo physicality, right? His his intensity of like just just pour it in there. And it's like, gross, right? But it's like, just get that, right? Just get it in there already, right? Like, so, like, like you know, crass, okay? And he says, right? He says, I'm going to die. What, you going to die? What's Rashi? But he's going to die? Amr Esav. There's some of these, there's a, there's a couple of letters added there. Ma Esav says, what's this, what does it mean, Bechorah? Remember, who's supposed to be, the, what's the Bechorah supposed to do originally in the, in the Jewish people? The Bechorah's job, originally? He's work in the beis HaMedash. The bechor, there was no kohen and Levi, right? There was Bihor. and then after the Bihoras worship, they worship uh, the So then it gets taken from them and given to the levim, and that's why the reason why we actually do a pidyon haben, right, where we take the kedusha from that bechor, right, and we give it over to a kohen. Right, the kohen has to do that that pidyon because every bechor had this certain kedusha. So he's saying, you want me to work at the Beis HaMiddash? What's going to be? So, so Yaakov says, I'll tell you what's going to happen in the Beis HaMiddash. Right? You're in a Medrash. <laughs> I'll tell you what the Medrash is going to be like. It's all kinds of halachos. And if you don't do them right, you're going to die. Right? If you go into the Beis HaMiddash and you're drunk, right? you didn't take a good haircut and you don't you look correctly and you didn't wash your hands. It's was like, forget it, man. I'm going to be... Chaimiz, it's not going to work for me. I'm, going to, I'm never going to make it mm-hmm. in this, this role. Lama what do I mean it for? Right? It doesn't, this is not for me. I'm not this spiritual guy. I'm not going to follow... I don't do rules. This is not going to happen for me. Get me out of here. And the bottom line, al-risho shebizo right? The Torah wants to say he's like no interest and he just walks away. He has no interest in this job. Fine. But That's a very, very midrashic, take on this story except that what it's a midrashic take but what is it probably reflecting it is the midrash the midrash always does this it takes things like to the to the extreme right but what's probably what, what's the midrash always always picking up something in the pasuk what's it picking up in the pasuk what would you say what's it picking up in the story is has no interest in spirituality it's his essence his personality is that yeah what how do we see his essence his personality Yeah, he's like Mr. Physical. He's Mr. Physical World. Give me what I want. And the one thing we didn't, we didn't, what well, we're going to see actually, I think the Ramban's going to say it. Like, I eat, I drink, I get up, and I leave. Out of here. I just want to fulfill my needs, and I'm done. I'm not going to say thank you. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to do anything. I just want to fulfill what I need, and I'm out of here. It You're just like, now. What? He does say no. He does say, say no. Please pour it down my throat. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He does say no. That's simple. It's important. Right? And this is the I. We're going to get to this because it's important not to always knock on Esau only. Because you have to like, we, I think it's important to look at Esau like a person, like a person, right? Esau is a complicated guy. Look at the Ramban in source number three. So Ramban kind of piggybacks on this. And he says, where it's, it's bold and underline, he says, lamus chayos. No, I'll tell you what he was going to die. He knew he might die. Why was he going to die? What did he spend his day doing all day? Hunting animals. Hunting animals right? People who <coughs> hunt animals, they sometimes die, even today. People who go out hunting, they sometimes get shot. Um, it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous okay. thing to be involved in hunting. It's dangerous. And certainly then, you're bows and arrows and jumping on animals and it wouldn't be unreasonable to assume he might die. And, meaning, and, if, and if a b'chorah means inheritance after my father dies... And I'm still alive. And if I'm for someone who's gonna, right. especially not. Yeah, if I'm evil, can evil, right? Right. So I don't. Sorry, that's like. That's like right. I'm a g- stunt person. I don't know. Sorry. Some other famous stunt man. I don't know. <laughs> More modern one. If I'm if I'm a person who risks their life all the time, so I don't plan to. I have a death wish, right? I don't. I'm not looking to what's gonna happen after my parents die, and I'm still around. And that's not like that's not where I'm looking, right? I'm like I'm just I'm just. In the here and now, I'm not looking to the future of my life because I don't care about it, maybe. It's not like it's something I, I, I contemplate, okay? <laughs> I'll probably die before my father does. <laughs> what's, what's the bachor? It's after my, father, after my father passes away. <laughs> what do I need it for? And he says, <laughs> so he write Those like quick, quick phrases. He eats, he drinks, gets up, he leaves. After he's done eating, he just goes right back to what he's been doing. This is why he rejects the Bechorah. I don't care about the future. I don't care about like what matters, meaning, value. I just want what I want. I want to get out of there. That's the, They're not thinking about the future. Okay, maybe a, a more shot-based explanation. The Ibn Ezra takes us to a totally different place. A totally different place. And before you read the Ibn Ezra, take a look in source number six, which is an article that appeared in the Jewish Link in 2017, written by Mitchell First. If you get on who Mitchell First Mitchell lives by, uh, okay. lives by Beth Aaron. He's a really, really smart guy. And he writes these very interesting articles about words and all kinds of stuff, which I, I have a hard time understanding. Um, but he wrote an article about the life of the Ibn Ezra. He writes as follows, the life of Even Ezra can be divided into two periods. The first was a stable one. According to most recent scholarship, he was born either in 1091, 1092, lived in the Muslim portion of Spain and received a traditional Spanish-Jewish education, studying Torah as well as philosophy, mathematics, astronomy. A Torah existed way before Yeshiva University, right? In and, and <laughs> 1140, the second period of his life began, the life of a poor, wandering scholar. For reasons unknown, and that we can only guess it, Ibn Ezra left Spain in 1140. Thereafter, he lived the rest of his life in Ashkenazic lands. First, he went to Italy, Rome, Luc- Lucha, Mantua, Verona. After Italy, he went to Provence. Basically, his, this second part of his life, this is when he writes his commentary on the Torah, for which, he, which becomes very, very well known. And, but he lives his whole life totally destitute, totally destitute. Um, he supported himself just barely with commissions from patrons. He wrote a poem about how difficult it was to live, live this way. When I come to the patron's house early in the morning, they say he has already ridden away. K'var When I come in the evening, they say he's already gone to sleep. K'var shachav. Woe to the poor man uh, born in misfortune. Beli who has no star. Right? He's just like, he lived a hard life and it was hard for him. He also wrote famously about his bad luck and poverty. If my business were on candles, the sun would not set until I died. If I dealt in shrouds, no one would die as long as I lived. <laughs> right? He he felt this like nevach life that he lived a very very hard life and he and he was very 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 poor. Look what the Ibn Ezra says in source number four. Now go back to source number four about how he explains why Esau was uninterested in the Bahorah. Why gam zuos B'avur His father had no money. Yitzchak he says was poor. He had nothing. He says for Avram Rav, someone say, but wait a second, I thought Avram Avram was very wealthy. So presumably Yitzhak got everything. Mm-hmm. Right? right. He goes, he, he goes, you never saw, he says, somebody who had a lot of money and then bad news, right? And they lost. and they and they lost it. They lost their wealth. It happens. Viaid shai yitzhak aviv oh oh he says that why he goes you know why yitzhak loved Asaf? Because yitz because could bring home food. Right and if the if there was so much food in the house, why would Asaf have been willing he says, some me the bechorah. He says, for food? Sure. Why? Because he's starving. Because he didn't have anything in the house. Especially makes sense to refer to said that, that they were kids. They were, they were teenagers. Right? And if his father always ate such a nice food, when it comes time to get the bracha, what does Yitzchak do? He says to him, bring me some beautiful food. Why is it so important to him that he brings some food before, the, before he gives him the bracha? Because they weren't used to that. Right? And he goes on and on to explain that, that they, and he says, what about when they send Yaakov away to go find a wife what do you do if you're in the family of Avraham and you're sending your child to uh, Haran to find a wife what do you send them with? Yes. Gold and silver and camels and we know how the family right. goes and Yaakov shows up and he has zero so much that he has zero that he has to work for 14 years for a loved one in order to even afford to, to get married why, what happened? why didn't his father give him money? the answer is his father didn't have any money mm-hmm. there's Midrashim they took, took his money on the way but simple shot didn't have any money, so says the Ibn Ezra. I'll tell you why Asab said, Very simple, because there was nothing to inherit. I'm so hungry, I'm, I'm starving. I didn't do I didn't do well today out in the field. I'm i dying here. You want the chora? Take b'chorah. the Why does me Give me nothing. Ah, huh. okay. So we have the fear that Yaakov Good. So the Ibn Ezra wants to argue. That this whole thing is strictly financial. And that Esau is not interested because Esau doesn't... Th- he, he just wants the money. If, it, if there's money there, then great. If there's no money, nothing to talk about. And uh, the Ramban is... Oh, and by the way, what's the bracha that they're all fighting over? Right? So we talk all about the bracha, 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 bracha. I want the bracha. He wants the bracha. If you look at the story, what happens when it's finally time to get the bracha? What is, what is the bracha that, that, Av- that Yitzhak gives to, to Yaakov? Hashem should give you lots of money, food. Right? The bracha is a bracha that you should have more than I had. Mm-hmm. It's basically what he tells them. They already had lots of food and had lots of money. What did they, why is that the bracha? Right? Because that's what they had. Because They didn't, they didn't have it. They didn't have it. Saramban so cannot stomach this. He, does, he can't have it. He can't have it. And the main reason he can't have it is because how could it be that the chosen person of Hashem had to live a poor life? Hashem, Hashem gives brachos to all the avos and he leaves Yitzchak like with no money? How could that be? It's impossible, said the Ramban. And therefore, he attacks even Ezra point by point to explain why it's not true, they did have money, and how could it be that he makes money later, Yitzchak makes money later, so it can't be that really, that really he didn't have money, it's not true, he must have had money the whole time, and this is nonsense. Look just in source number five, just to see how, how intensely the Ramban is angry at, at the, Ibn Ezra. For source number five, he says, uh, look at the second line, mm-hmm. who blinded Ibn Ezra to this? Mm-hmm. That he could say such a crazy thing, right? How could it be? But look where it's, look where, look what is, the next, the next underline <laughs> this is nonsense to say such a thing and why is it? because look what he says in the double, in the, with, the, with the two stars <laughs> <laughs> people who are were told that Hashem blesses them it can't be that they struggle financially who <laughs> the brach of Hashem is that a person shouldn't have to struggle financially
1: what does you even Ezra see, We do see poor tzaddikim all, all the time. time right? And what does Even
0: Ezra say back to that?
1: I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: even Ezra says, "What are you talking about?" All right, maybe may, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't Khalil say that Ibn Ezra says in this p'shat in the Torah only based on his personal experience. But it is, it is remarkable to see someone who had that experience who then says, "Why not? Is it not possible that Hashem bless someone with?" Beautiful children and uh, a spiritual legacy and they didn't have they don't have physical wealth, isn't that, isn't that possible? Couldn't it be? Couldn't it be? It's fascinating. But with Hirsch kind of puts it together, I think. And and well, let's pause for a second. Let's assume that there's really what's going on. That Asa really says no, because there's no money there. So let's ask Dina's question. If that's true then. Why is Yaakov so bad? Cause, cause he, right.
1: Spiritual.
0: right. What's really going on here then between Yitzhak and and between Yaakov and Esav is they think of the, the
1: bechor as two totally separate things.
0: Yeah, they're having they're having two different they're having two different conversations. Yaakov's like bechor, please, it's like the most important thing in the world, right? And Yaakov like, is like that. You want that? Oh, okay, take it. Right. But right. well, it's a kid that they're, they're having two different conversations. Mm-hmm. What is what, what is going on, right? We don't even we're not even we're not even having a conversation. Look at look at in source number seven. So the writes like this: But Yaakov Natan, right? Yaakov then gives it to him. Source number seven. No Yaakov, not but Yitain Yaakov. He had already given them to him beforehand. He did not take advantage of Asaph's hunger to force him to sell. Furthermore, Machar sometimes has the meaning of relinquishing. This. Let's go to the next line here. This sale brought Yaakov no preference or advantage. On the contrary, Esau became a prominent prince, while Yaakov was still suffering as a shepherder for love and flock. How well does it work out for Yaakov for the first like 25 years after this bracha? Mm, he
1: not get the He
0: stays all the up all night sleeping with the sheep in the, the fields. This not. didn't work out for him yet, right? Later mm-hmm. on, okay, he has a little more financial wealth, and what happens to him instead? He has sorrows with his kids instead, right? So like, he doesn't. Yaakov does not leave this, live this you know, really calm, charmed really, yeah, charmed life after all the brachos that he got. It right, didn't work out so great, F- physically or even, you know, experientially, right? The b'chora then involved no material advantage whatsoever. The discussion was strictly about the spiritual leadership of the house. What is more, according to baba Basra, Yaakov and Asa, were mere- merely fifteen years old. In any case, the b'chora could only have been sold in boyish play. Barakapara too calls them misachakim. It wasn't even real. This was This didn't have any real teeth. This, this sale, right? Esav comes home hungry in the evening while Yaakov is cooking a pottage. Quick, give me some of that delicious red stuff I'm craving for, says Esav. Yaakov gives him some and says, just as you're craving for this red pottage, so do I yearn for the bachorah. All day you roam the fields and it strikes me. What will be if our father dies and the tent of Avram becomes a hunter's lodge? Hence I crave for the bachorah as eagerly as you crave for the pottage. Right? That's what's really going on here, right? They're, 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 they're crossing paths. But what's really interesting is that you do find that it does matter later? Why does it matter? After Yitzchak gets tricked, right? He tricks Yitzchak. He always wonder like what? What's the purpose of the tricking? So he tricks him, and what happens? He tricks him. He gets the bracha. Yaakov gets the bracha, and then he leaves, right? And then what happens at the end? Esav comes in, and the Torah says that Yitzchak starts to shake. Like, oh my, you can you can imagine the feeling, right? What what just what what just happened to me, right? I can't believe it, and Esav. What does he say? He got me twice. As he says, as, as, as He bought my Bechorah all those years ago, and now he takes my bracha. It's and like Yaakov like, said, what? This is what, He did what? <laughs> he said, Don't you know the story? Like 20 years ago, when I, I sold it to him, you sold him what? I sold him Bechorah, because I didn't care. And what does Yaakov say? What does he say? Kam You know what? Maybe things are in the right place mm-hmm, where, they mm-hmm. where they should be, where they should be. Yeah. Take a look. You know, Desha says in source mm-hmm. number eight, Desha says, I'll tell you why Yitzhak loved Esav. I love this with Deser. He says, I'll tell you why Yitzchak loved Esav. It's because Esav wasn't a bad guy. Esav was connected to the ground, connected to the world. Yaakov was not connected to the world. He was sitting in the base meditation all day. He didn't know how to do, he didn't know how to do anything. Right. Right? He, couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't buy a stock of corn, you know, a corn stock in a field somewhere. He didn't know how to do it. He couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't manage in the world in a normal way. And Yitzchak was nervous. How are you going to lead this community, lead these people, if you don't know how to live life in the world? Asaph, on the other hand, really knew how. But he knew that Asaph was fighting with himself all the time. He says, "Yaakov, yeah, Esav had this, like, internal battle that was going on himself. He wanted to be a good boy. He would come to Medjugorje says he would come to ask his father, do I take true and mitzvah from Saul? To, do I not? He did tremendous kibbutz avaim. He was, he wanted to be good. And Yitzchak wanted him to be also. And Dessel says, has a, a, a rule in general, the idea of how does ava, how do you come to love somebody? You come to love those that you give to, right? Those that you give to, those are people that you love. You invest in somebody you love them. He argues that Yaakov didn't need him as much. He knew that. And he knew Asaph did. So he invested in him and sat with him and talked with him and, and, and worked with him, hoping that he would like kind of rise to the challenge. So okay. Yitzchak uh, oheves oh, Asaph. He loved Asaph He tied with because, because Esau was the one who was running around and needed that. Okay. And because he focused on him and invested in him, he was hoping he'd be able to take the mantle. What happens at the way end? The way end after he gets tricked and he gives the bracha away. He gives it to, Brukhan, said to, to, uh, to Yaakov, and Esav says, yeah, I, I actually gave it away all that time ago. And he comes to the realization, baruch, yeah, you know what? I was wrong. I was wrong. It, didn't, it, it doesn't sit with Esav. It, it's all going to go to Yaakov. And Yaakov actually has the street smarts. I didn't realize he did. He tricked me. He has the street smarts, and, 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 and maybe, maybe, it, maybe I was wrong, and, and Esav can't do it. It's like this horrible... It's this horrible moment also. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a happy moment. It's a horrible moment of like this realization, like this is not going to happen for me. This guy, the kid who I thought could like be more than I thought he could be, he, he wasn't really able to do that. And that's why at that point, Yitzchak is willing to send Yaakov away. And now Yitzchak and Rivka kind of, you know, work together with Yaakov. And because Yaakov, now he really realized he's going to be both. He'll be both. It's not going to be this partnership of the two brothers. It'll be just one of them. But, but I think it's so interesting because like it doesn't have to be that Asa was this terrible guy, you know. He had certain. He had certain, all of our all of our kids, right? All of our kids have different interests and different. I sometimes I talk to a kid in yeshiva and I'll tell me like, yeah, well, I was always kind of like I would I would go to s- and hang out. I'm like, are you a rule follower? And they're like, yeah, you know, right? Like that's like one some of our kids, right? And then there's the kids who like that's not their thing, and they can't do that. And and the, and the lesson here I think isn't that, you know. Work out or not work out, I'm not going to get a, get into. But that there's a room, there's room for working with all of them, right? All of them need to be need that investment in their own place. And and Aesop maybe was the Vay, vayokha, vayela, vayokha, he's the one who gets up and walks away. And he, okay, but the, the, there's there's place for him also. There could have been a place for him. He decided right. he didn't want
1: it. And see how his father met him where he was. He's like he knows he's a hunter, so he asked him to hunt for him. Right. And like that's the biggest. That's what you can do. Thing. Right. it's like find what your kid is good at and ask them to do that. Right. Not like, I think there are certain people who are like, no, i got to find what my kid is bad at and that's what we got to focus on and work on and get them not to be yeah. certain people I know. doesn't work. Um, and, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And you got to just it doesn't, work. It doesn't them work.
0: where they are. But What I like about it also is that I think we have to be careful when we like, make the others to be like, totally like us because they're not <laughs> totally like us. But they are human beings. And I think, I, I always find it, I think we always find it very difficult to, to watch Yitzchak and you're like, what wrong? what's going on with this guy? He loves Aesop, like, because he tricks him all the time. And it's not this... just that
1: they're human beings. It's that, like, what human stuff is the Torah telling us about mm-hmm. That like, It's not, like, clearly they're not telling us. About, but, like, okay, what are we supposed to learn from the humanness that's portrayed here? Because right. it's very small. It's very like, human. Specific.
0: But it's right, but it's very human. It's very human. This back and forth, this struggle, almost the struggle of the, of the parents, you know, which, again, could be done in better ways and worse ways. But, do we, Right? Different parents have different strengths also. And certain parents are better at handling one and other parents are better at handling the other. And like, how do we navigate our kids? The story of gracious is not like how the us messed up their children. I don't, think that's the st- I don't think that's like what it's supposed to be. I mean, it could, it, it could be how they made mistakes with their children. we can all make mistakes with our children, right? But that it's how, how we can see them trying their best to navigate them, right? Trying their best to navigate them. And it doesn't always go the way they want it to go, right? it doesn't always go the we wanted to go. But they put in the best effort they could, the kids knowing their children as they are. There's a beautiful Midrashan about Avram visiting Yishmael, I've quoted them on Rosh Hashanah before, about how, how Avram doesn't really kick Yishmael to the curb either.
1: Mm-hmm. And that even
0: after Avram leaves, the beautiful Midrashan how we go to visit him and to check on him. And Esav, when it comes time to bury Yaakov, to bury Yitzchak, sorry, to bury Yaakov, Esav shows up. right? like, and, and by the way, when it comes time to bury Yitzchak, Asa and Yaakov bury him together, right? Why would he come back? Why does he come back? Maybe. Because dad believed in me. This is, this is the parent who really got me, right? I didn't, I didn't do exactly what he wanted, mm-hmm. but he understood the kind of person that I was, and he didn't throw me away for that. You know, I think there's so many lessons there in, you know, just there's a million lessons in these stories, but this is maybe one of them. Uh, I mean, look, the story of Inej itself is a lesson. You know, how much do we look at the material challenges and that being something that we struggle with and how can that be? How can I do that to people, to us, to us etc.? But I think there's there's so many pieces to this. But I think one of them that I that I I, I, I root through a lot with me is is the, the different children and the different skills that parents have, and learning how we put those into place as we uh, you know kind of trust our kids. Okay, so we're out of time, so I'm gonna stop. Uh, and everyone's welcome. Everyone uh, go.